This is Alan with Tunar in Baltimore. A gooner and a toffee walk into a bar. Decided to do a shit football podcast. You're listening to the DU Football Show. I mean, he's not wrong. He's That's not wrong. But a goodie, that one. Yeah, it's it's classic. I mean, that is the gold standard of all intros. We go, <laughs> do what he did, because it's pretty fucking great. That's and right. you know what? His team played a hell of a match today, and still the best they could do is get a draw. <laughs> Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right A.A. the fucking Cooter Graham. Smoke of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunk of United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and across the internets from me on the Zoom meeting tonight is the tranquil, calm, and let's say zenful, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, baby? I'm doing pretty well, Sam. How are you? <laughs> that's, let's make a happy little cloud over there. <laughs> I'm very zen, my friend. Hopefully we fall into some happy little mistakes during the show. <laughs> I would love it. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Sure, it's very easy. It's at D Football Show on all the social medias. Uh, funny enough, this is being live streamed there, so you should probably check it out. Mm-hmm. Or dfootballshow at gmail.com to get in touch via email. We have a Patreon, of course, patreon.com backslash dfootballshow, where you can get all of our extra content. Uh, and then the DU drip, uh, drip Shack, excuse me, which is uh, in the bio of all the social media is the uh, link for that. But you can get some of our sweet swag uh, in honor of Newcastle's sweet draw. I've got on our uh, original Dort Spirect yes. t-shirt uh, in honor of the Mike Ashley, uh, obviously Sports Direct um, brand. It is interesting to look at St. James Park and not see any of that plastered everywhere like it used to be like look there's advertisers where you can actually collect money from them and and use that to procure services and and players, players. for your club yeah. i mean it helps that you have a shit ton of oil money but you know <laughs> what the hell we have well you need to show something on the books too on top of that right, right? exactly so they gotta use that space and it's finally you know i mean they the club themselves tweeted a picture of all the sports direct banners and advertising hoardings on carts being take, out, taken out, take, being taken out of St. James's Park. And it got like the most likes of any club post for the last three years kind of shit. It's, it's insane. You need an advertising spot? We need to cover up uh, 50 gazillion dollars of, uh, of uh, blood oil money. Oops, said too much. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, you know we have never covered 
this specific bottle of whiskey. We've covered this brand before, and of course, near and dear to my heart is was a uh, former employer of mine. But uh, Mr. Graham, tell everybody what we're drinking tonight. Sure. So we've got Whistlepig 10-year-old um, rye whiskey. This is a 10-year-old rye from uh, the original distillate was from Canada, but Whistlepig takes it, ages it, and uh, it is phenomenal. It is the gold standard of flagship rye whiskey for any rye house uh, that I'm, uh, as far as I'm concerned. You get the nice big vanilla up front, uh, a little bit of caramel going on, and then it finishes with that nice pepper spice that you want from a rye whiskey. It's balanced. There's no bite to it. It is absolutely delicious. Comes in in 100 proof, um, and it'll run you between 70, uh, $79.99 and $84.99 on the shelf. Excellent. You know, there's... Uh... When you say it's the gold standard, it absolutely is, especially in a world where when rye whiskey began to climb and become big, it was the cheap 10 to $15 bottle on the bottom of the shelf collecting dust. And people said, you can't have rye that's really over three, four years old. They make a 10-year-old rye. You can't do 100% rye. You have to cut another grain into it. It's just too much. They did 100% rye. Yep. You know, ah, the high proof's going to be a bit, a bit. Nope, they did a hundred proof, and it quickly. And oh, you can't be luxury. You can't sell a bottle of rye whiskey for eighty dollars. Yeah, you can. And and now every the big houses, the big Kentucky houses, are all na- now making rye whiskey. Why? Whistle Pig. It's because of Whistle Pig. They because, they're and, the and one who that- started it. That was the, you know, the vision and the, the, the dream of the great man himself, Dave Pickerel, obviously you were very close with, mm-hmm. but he was the master distiller at Whistlepig. And um, when he told the story a few times on this pod, when he, you know, went to Maker's Mark, who we worked for before and said, I'd like to experiment with some other stuff and, you know, maybe do things. And, you know, you, you've always said that the famous quote that their board told him was, we make three things. We did bourbon, we did bourbon, we did bourbon. Mm-hmm. End of. So he went and got another job. He went and found an investor, started this, started Hill Rock, started countless other brands, really, and mm-hmm. uh, and really brought different types of whiskey uh, into the luxury category and um, and opened people's eyes to a lot of really fun stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, also, uh, Producer Mel has a little cocktail tonight. Want to tell us what you're drinking there? I have no idea. You handed it to me, and it tastes great. Okay, well, why don't you show the bottle for the camera? Oh, okay, okay, so uh, what I did was um, this is a uh, Vale um, vodka. It's actually a um, Total uh, Wine and Moors brand, so Not like one of their left of it. one of their you know own brands, direct import brands. So they're able to make it real cheap. So I think it was like twelve bucks. It was um, distilled five times, you know, which by the way means fuck all when you're talking about numbers of times distilled for vodka. It always has to be distilled at least three times. If it's going through a shitty filter and you're not really purifying it very well, you can distill it 20 times and it doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Right? What type of grain are you using? What kind of water are you cutting it with? And how how kind of filtration do you do to it is really ultimately what makes the difference. But uh, this was a gingerbread vodka from them. And uh, Mel is, as we know, besides being hills and trees, Mel, she is absolutely gingerbread Mel. Gingerbread Mel. And Boxing Day, I I made myself a gingerbread coffee syrup. So I was drinking gingerbread with gingerbread uh, vodka coffee drinks all day long. Excellent. 
<clears throat> and uh, this one I made for her was uh, gingerbread vodka, a little bit of, well, a whole lot of cranberry, gave it a nice hard shake, and then floated a little bit of pineapple in there just mm. to give it a little pineapple upside down cake kind of flavor to it as well to go along with the tartness of the cranberry. So it is delicious. So it's not uh, too bad there. There yeah. you go. So a sea breeze made with uh, made with a gingerbread vodka in a way, I guess what you could say it is. I'm feeling Christmas on Christmas Island already. Excellent. All right. Well, kids, let's have ourselves a great show. Have a yeah. very good show. I don't know show. if I can reach you. There we go. We were able to reach. screen. <laughs> Air five there, Graham. Air five. Yeah. Isn't All there right. something else Graham's supposed to do, though? Yeah. What else should we do? Yeah, remember to drink responsibly so you don't get high blood pressure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well said, well said. That is something if you want to know more about, you should probably check out on our Patreon. (laughs) Yep. 28 goals on Boxing Day with two matches postponed. And nine of them came in one fucking match, Mr. Graham. Manchester City 6, Leicester City 3. It was 4-0 at halftime. City was up 4-0 at halftime. Minute. Like... It was insane. It was, it was, you thought it could have been six nil or the way that was going by halftime. Um, De Bruyne scored after just five minutes, uh, a fantastic shot, but I'd, I'd have to say the lesser defense has to do something better. I know they're, they're hurting for players at the back at the moment, but that's pitiful. That ball had no pace on it. It was high as it was high as a kite they had all the time in the world to get underneath of it. And they just didn't. De Bruyne was able to bring it down, obviously turn, and, and fire. Um, it's a great finish, but it should have never got to that point at all. Somebody should have been able to, to head that ball away. You know, uh, before you go ahead and get into some of those other goals in the first half, uh, one that we're about to discuss, I would like to go ahead and just say the bravery of the official Kevin Clancy to call the Leicester defender for holding and pulling down uh, Ruben Diaz in the box. It's 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 a it's a miracle, and um, I'm, I'm glad to see that the ref had courage to make that call. Not that it doesn't happen. Every fucking corner kick of all fucking time. Yeah. Uh, besides that, later on on Raheem Sterling's goal, the final goal of the game, Ruben Diaz was holding two players, <laughs> and one of which he shoved down in Chaudhry. Uh, and then his the ball hit his bicep as he tried to head it. Now, that part I don't have a problem with because his arm was against his body. Right. Fine. But it falls to Ryan Sterling. Ryan Sterling scores, and VAR looks at it as they did this one. Goal stands. The referee actually didn't blow for a penalty to begin with. Mm-hmm. The ball was cleared out for a throw-in, and VAR told him to go take a look at it. And if you've already seen, whenever they go to the screen – it's usually going to go the other way that it did on the field. Oh, the minute they go to the screen, it's it's getting turned. And uh, from what the announcers were saying during this, I think the the call was on Tillemans. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Ruben Diaz's wrestling with whoever that was. It was Tillemans and Emmerich Laporte. Okay. They were also wrestling about three yards further away from goal. So it was – there was just – a. You know, much like Mel's autobiography, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think the referee had a 
you know uh, any other choice to be honest uh, i i, I don't his dis- back was to tillman's back was to the play as well mm-hmm. so it's not even like they're jostling for position he's looking he's not even looking at the ball yeah i don't just dis- <laughs> i don't disagree with the call but here's the thing that never gets called except for except for by the way sam let me just remind you the documents i have the documents mr graham tell yeah. you Right now, it just it seems convenient. Oh, hey, wait, it's fucking city. Let's go ahead and call that a penalty. Like when then you say, like I said, on the other end of the field, eh, we didn't see anything here. Nothing to really look at. It just eh, you get, get called all the time or don't call it at all. Uh, one yeah. or the other. Just one or the other. Don't don't choose when it's convenient because that did that. Honestly, I mean, that does change the course of that first half. You know, it, it, it does. Now, now, the game had a thousand other turns to it, of course, but it just, like, it, it just, it for me, for me, it's just thoroughly annoying to see because it's just like, okay, well, now, now you call this shit. Now, now you care. Right. You, now I hear you. Now, Ederson in this game did have to make a ton of saves, and they started right after that Mara's penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was 2-0 going in, you know, to the 14th minute, I think it was. And um, and Ederson had to, I think it was two big time saves uh, he made. One from a Madison free kick, uh, and then a, another shortly thereafter was relatively routine, but he needed to be brave, and he, and he was. Gundogan scored uh, because Casper Schmeichel doesn't trust those players that are playing in defense at the moment. No. Um, a ball, a ball like that, you have to allow the defenders to clear because of exactly this issue. If you can't catch it. You're going to spill it right into the middle of the field. And it fell to Gundogan, who has, you know, quick reaction time, scores, no problem. And then Tillemans gave away another penalty on 27 minutes. Yep. I think it was maybe 24 minutes, something like that, uh, which Raheem Sterling then scored. So it was 4-0 in the 25th minute. Um, but even still, like I said, the warning signs were there for City. Yeah, uh, they, they could be had. They had been caught out a couple times. They had been caught, you know, on the break as well. Um, they just, Lester didn't have the ability to finish. You know, Ederson was kind of standing on his head there at the beginning. And then, you know, the second half started with a couple chances for City, uh, but a sweet, sweet counter for Lester. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Madison, I mean, it, playing like that, he should be back in the England team, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic, especially with Jack Relish and Phil Foden licking doorknobs. You got a ready-made replacement right here. <clears throat> right. So it was uh, it was lovely stuff from him. Um, he started the first counterattack, finished it, uh, and then he started the next counterattack four minutes later, Eniacho being the middle player in both, and he, the <sighs> second time, gave it to Lookman, who scored. Oh, that, uh, was, that was nasty little it was, through. It was dirty. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and then Ederson pulled a Pickford, as I like to say, mm-hmm. and saved it onto the top of the crossbar that allowed Eniacho to score after mm-hmm. he was just kind of flailing on the ground, similar to what happened to Divac Origi, yeah. except this one looked a little better. Because the save was on the six-yard line, and then it caroomed up, then yep. hits the bar and comes back. Pickford just kind of, you know, yeah. Michael Jordan did off the crossbar. Oh no, he what he did was is actually just put it back into play. Because remember, it was going out of bounds, and he knocked it into play. <laughs> but so that was brilliant, and that that sets it up for a grandstand finish, right? Supposed to, nah. We're going to let them score two minutes later off of a corner kick and America Laporte looping header. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was perfectly placed into the upper 90 uh, on that, on that far side, but that kind of killed the game off for me. 
Um, Leicester had a chance or two, but it really killed their momentum. Uh, and then, you know, finally Sterling off of the last corner uh, that hit Diaz in the arm, as we talked about before. As All in all, it was a, a really fun game of football to watch. Um, there was only not, uh, seven out of the nine substitutes uh, on the bench for Leicester. Uh, a couple names I'd never heard of before. Huh. No Jamie Vardy still. You know, a couple <clears throat> people I forgot were there. Iozzi Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the, the guy they brought from Southampton, the center back. Val- um, um, Vertonghen. Not Vertonghen. Yeah, Jan Vertonghen. He's he the center good. back, and the outside back was Bertrand. Okay. Bertanak is still with uh, Southampton. In fact, he scored this weekend. Yeah, it was Vestergaard. Vestergaard. Okay, yeah, Vertonghen. Vertonghen was the one that played for Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think right. is playing at Porto now or yeah, something. Yeah, Vestergaard. Sorry, my apologies. My apologies for screwing up my hey. v, V-worded belgian Dutchy, whatever the hell they are, you know? <laughs> that 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 northern part of Europe that's not Germany, you yeah. know? <laughs> not Scandinavia, yeah, so- not Germany. That that world. <laughs> so it was just a, a crazy ass game. It was it was end to end stuff. You thought, I mean, it could have been a nine nil, you know, similar to what Lester put on Southampton, as mm-hmm. I'm contractually obliged to mention, uh, a couple of seasons ago. But instead, um, Lester fought their way back, and uh, there were still nine goals in the game, as you say. But but uh, it was six three, which was it was a lot of fun to watch. There was some really good football played. Daddy was at the book for uh, Boxing Day. There you go. Did, did daddy had some uh, cheddar on this one had a fun little right. bet that he hit you'll like this both teams to score mm-hmm. city to win um over three and a half goals over nine quarters pop a hit now at halftime i was sitting bad. there sitting there looking at him like i got this one in the bag just need i just need um what's i just need what's face i just need lester to score a goal Lester scores a goal, and I look at I look at my boy who I'm there with. I'm like, all right, dad's in. Hey, this is good. See this shit out. Then suddenly it's four two. I'm like, all right, now I'm not. Uh, let's 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 see this shit out. We're good. Let's. Then it's four three, and I'm like, all right, don't be fucking with me now. Do not be fucking with me. And and then they got five, and I was like, okay, we're good now. We're good. Yeah, yeah saw that. No yeah, uh, I was very happy with now. Um, d- despite giving up the goals, which that certainly shows a weakness in that regards to to City, they're on fire right now, man. Like, absolutely, I've never seen like, I've never seen City be this ruthless, and they have just as of late have just like they've always been a yeah we'll get two goals and we'll just see it out. We don't need to do anything. We'll just pass it around. We'll hey if we make twenty passes inside the eighteen, we'll allow somebody to shoot right like like that training ground drill or something and they're just fucking taking it two teams right now they as of i think we talked about maybe a month ago five four or five games ago um i think we talked about them having like eight goals less than liverpool Mm -hmm. um in those last four or five games they now have a goal difference that is plus three better than liverpool yeah and, and honestly that could come down to it it really can absolutely um, really really can't both, come down to it now liverpool do have a game in hand which would put them should they win it on 44 so they'd only be three points back um so goal difference could absolutely come into play and this is uh, this is going to be a, a real fun race to watch i think um but it's all going to boil down to the next couple of weeks and how liverpool come through this January period with no Salah and no Mane. As of now, the African Cup of Nations still moving forward. 
um, with their plans to play that tournament, which is well within their right to do so. Hold on, hold on. Jurgen um, hasn't convinced them that they need to uh, cancel the entire tournament because, <laughs> uh, you know, his team needs rest. Trust me, if they come out and lay an egg um, against Leicester this midweek, I guarantee you he will bitch about having too much rest. And right. that, that other teams got to play during the Boxing Day period, which kept them in a good rotation. Yeah, it, it just, There's no winning. Well, that would come on to that later. Brentford hadn't played in two weeks. Yeah, precisely. So, <laughs> you saw what happened to them. So there is there is something to be said for that. Whether I believe it from Klopp or not, I don't know. But, um, I, you know, rust does begin to build uh, when, when hands are idle. You know what I mean? Uh, um, but, yeah, so th- this, this January period is going to be huge. For, for Liverpool to at least stay within touching distance of City. Um, and that's going to be, you know, that's really going to tell the story of the season, in my opinion. I don't know that Chelsea can get back into it um, uh, where they are right now being six points back on the same number of games as City. But I guess they do still have to play them. Yeah, uh, and it's you know it was a bit of a six pointer there. So Chelsea's always Chelsea's always good for a win against City. Yep. Every year they seem to be good for a win against City. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be an interesting title race. We've got, you know, the your fourth through seventh is going to be interesting as shit with so many games in hand as well that we're going to come on to here shortly. Mm-hmm. And then you, you pop down into the relegation places. And I'm looking at some of these. Burnley have only played 15 fucking games. And they're only two points from safety right now. Right. So right. they've they've got uh, on some of these on leads, they have three games in hands on leads. They have mm-hmm. a game in hand on Watford. Um uh, uh, two games in hand on you all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're not in, in a great situation at the moment. Well, one of those mm-hmm. games in hand against us is us. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah. I think that's actually coming up. I think that's part of my bet of the week. I think, uh, no, oh, I would say, I hope not. Cause that was supposed us in Burnley was supposed to be this weekend and, uh, was got, it got canceled. Uh, it was interesting little side story to this and I'll only bitch a little, but again, remember the documents, Graham, the documents, um, Everton reaches out to uh, the FA on Thursday and says, we have nine first-team players. Nine. You have a goalie? Yeah. Why don't y'all figure that out? They they had COVID cases, but not the prerequisite six that seems to be kind of the magic number, right? And, uh, of course, all their regular injuries. And they were just told at first to to figure it out. It wasn't until later on Friday that they finally went, okay, we'll cancel your match for you. Like, Well, what they do for Leeds the week prior, they made them play as well. They had to dress a 15-year-old yeah, like against just, us. You know what I mean? Like, I, There's no real you – know, we read the rules the other day, mm-hmm. the uh, last show, I think, or two shows ago, and there just doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason the way they're doing this shit. Hey, Sam, Sam, it meets the high bar of expectation. The battle for the Champions League is starting to take shape, and an old familiar club is back in the right position. Arsenal 5, Norwich 0, Southampton 3, West Ham 2, Tottenham 3, Palace 0. Um, Gunners get a second straight road win. Now, granted, not the stiffest of competition, but it's two road wins, right, Sam? It's two fucking road wins. You got to look at the positives. 100%. 100%. But you also, I mean, look how we picked them apart. Uh, you know, when we beat them earlier in the season for our first win of the season at home, it wasn't this convincing. Nope. This was a dominant, confident team. 
we picked Norwich apart like the championship side that they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And you look like a Champions League team. You played like one. I would have liked a few more shots on target from 16 (sighs) overall. We only had six. Mm -hmm. It's not great for having almost two-thirds of the ball. Mm -hmm. But when you're lethal enough to score out on five out of six shots... (laughs) Hard to be. You're you're perfectly just being fine. nitpicky, Sam. You're just being nitpicky. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly okay. Um, Norwich did have a couple of shots on goal, but everything was fairly routine, uh, really, for the defense and for Aaron Ramsdale. wasn't wasn't really a problem. Um, they never really looked dangerous at all. Uh, and both of Saka's and Tierney's goal uh, were were brilliant and well worked. Um, good team goals. Only Emil Smith Rose, I think, had a little bit of a sense of luck uh, that it fell to him after Pepe's deflected shot. Um, but he did have to be in the right place at the right time, and he was, and he finished well. Um, and then Lacazette back on the score sheet uh, following his penalty. Um, it was it was a great performance. Abahu, um, Abawa, yeah. Abba I mean, it, it, it seems like that ego is kind of like what happened with Ozil when we first dropped him. It seems like that ego is is kind of what you know was hurting us. And I see Laka can fill that role just fine. If you need a savvy veteran out there, Laka can do that role just fine. Well, I see the other thing is I kind of I see what what a couple of the pundits that, that we listen to frequently uh, have said and, you know, kind of coming to fruition is that Laka or I'm sorry, all but this season, Aubameyang has been very static. A lot of that work, if you look at the FA Cup semifinal win against City and then the FA Cup win uh, in the final against Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal were very uh, uh, Aubameyang especially were very defensive, but he was putting in a shift. We haven't seen that this season. And that kind of low expectation from the captain is, as we've seen, you're setting an example for a very young team. And if you're doing it, they're going to do it. Now I'd like for us again, like I said, I'd like a, a point against city Thursday. I think it would show us really have turned the corner and go a long way for Arteta with some of the naysay, uh, naysay fans. How just a um, one, nothing loss even. Yeah, I mean, right. Just <laughs> like don't get blown out match. again. Yeah, be in a match. Lose two to one. You got a goal. You maybe took the lead early, and they just were too much. I mean, they're they're playing really well right now, but still, just, it, just it's don't get blown out again. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't right. get your because, asses whooped. Right. I mean, Chelsea's three no win was was terrible. I mean, we looked horrendous in that game. You know, it felt more like five nil, and then the actual five nil against City felt like seven nil. It was terrible. So, uh, so by, by, by the way, Graham, just want to let you know. Um, Hey, again, Daddy went to the book on Sunday, and uh, <laughs> he might have put down a, a little um, Arsenal to win and uh, one Mister Saka to score. Now here, he'll honestly may admit he made a mistake because he's going to talk about the other mistake he made that cost him. I hit Saka to hit score first. I thought I hit Saka to score any time. I paid out a little. Saka cash. score first, yeah. <laughs> that paid out a little cash. And as soon as it went to two nothing, I'm like, okay, this is good. And then uh, the then it went to three nothing. I went okay. This isn't as good because right now Graham's hitting his bet on this show, which just simply will not do. Uh, then immediately within a few minutes, Norwich fucked it off and got the penalty, which was great for Laka. And then at the end, which hurt me, I thought again I had hit any time to score. I had done Arsenal to win and uh, ESR to score first. I thought I had hit any time score, so I would have hit that too. So. Right. Um, 
I that's think, unfortunate. Yeah, but I think if I, if I would have had both of them as anytime scorers, they would have probably paid out the same as the Sokka to be the first scorer anyway. So, right. Paid out very well. So, yeah. Made a little money on your team this uh, weekend, Mr. Graham. That's that's not too bad. Because mm, so I went to the, the book. The only, the only other thing I would say about this, uh, just in general, is these, you know, this is now going to be the new theme. You know, last year's theme was no fans and what are we going to do and road teams are winning more and all this kind of stuff. And then it was, you know, VAR is kind of acting a fool. And that seems to, you know, kind of die down for about two months and then creep back up for about six games um, as, a, as a running theme. These games in hand uh, due to the league not wanting to shut down um, for an extended period of time to just 103 across the football league positive COVID cases this past week. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to shut anything down, which I understand about fixture congestion. You have a winter World Cup now next year, you, all that kind of stuff. I get it. But at the same time, we, we got to protect these people. Well, you're also um, going to talk about it at the end of the show when we get a championship quarter, exactly how many games they played this weekend. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's there's games in hand all over this table where if you like I'm sitting comfortable in fourth place right now. But if Tottenham win their three games in hand, we're two points back. Exactly. You know, or three points back, maybe. You know what I mean? I'm, it's, I'm trying to do the math quickly in my head. But if they win those, you know, what's that? Three, nine points to be on 38. We'll be three points back if they win their three games. And so all of a sudden, our, our great run that we've had, we're still in fifth. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's going to be very interesting, um, you know, if they can show up when the pressure is necessary, if we can keep the run going to keep the pressure on them. Um, it's going to be a, a points, really fun points on the board, Sammy points on the board. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun, you know, and who says they don't get infected again, right? Everybody, you know, all this kind of stuff who says we don't go down, right? You know, at some point, yeah, I so mean, you've it, done it twice already. So why not go ahead for the trifecta, right? It's, it's, it's see, the problem is, is we only get like three players infected, <clears throat> right? And then we still have to play, but we're missing three starters. Yep. So it's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'd rather have that game in hand at that point. <laughs> uh, Irons looked flat. I mean, even for scoring two goals, they looked flat. Could the heavy fixture schedule finally be catching up to what isn't the deepest side in the world? Also, not the most consistent side in the world. I mean, you look at Mikel Antonio, he's, he's gone through his best set a uh, spell of scoring goals over the last, you know, 10 months or so mm-hmm. in his entire career. So it, it's kind of difficult to, uh, Jared Bowen's not a prolific goal scorer. Yarmolenko, they can't afford to have him just strolling around the field whenever he feels like, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the other side, Ben Rama hasn't really come good in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, another fantastic bit of business by Brentford, um, top scorer in the championship when they had him and then sold him on for a huge fee. And hasn't really done much in the Premier League, to be honest. Southampton looked lively. I thought there was a few now, pieces real of quick, football. All that, that being said, Antonio and Ben Rama did were the two did, goals did, scorers. Did but, score in this game, yes. But I, I'm talking about and, on a and we're halftime basis. and we're halftime subs. So you know, right. to, to be fair in that regard. So, but but it, they they looked flat. They just did not look very yeah, lively. No, you're you're absolutely right, and it, it's it's going to be difficult for them, you know, without having that deep squad. We've seen that complacency creep into Arsenal, as we just got done talking about, where you don't have somebody challenging for places. Ultimately, why is that guy going to go out there and give it 110? percent You know, why is that why is that guy going to 
be able to perform. No one's pushing him to stay on top of his game. And it's also someone that gets injured quite a lot. Right. You know, I'm not calling into question his character. I don't mean to do that. I think he's a, a, a perfect professional. I'm just saying it, it's a bit of complacency tends to creep in if you're not being pushed day in, day out. And, um, you know, to hold down your own place in the team. And I just think this West Ham team is, is now, what, winless in seven? Yeah, it hasn't been, not been a very good run. So, I mean, they're still in a good position, and I think they do have a game in hand in there, but it's <laughs> they, they're going to have to figure something out here quick because that, that magic is starting to dissipate a little bit uh, from that opening run that they had. Unfortunately, where we said earlier in the season, like, this looks like the Moyes of old and that they were, like, really invigorated and doing a lot with a little and yada, yada, yada. This also looks like the Moyes of old and the Everton of old, where it'd be like, yeah, right there in it. And then suddenly right off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And then they finish respectfully in seventh. But you're just like, yeah, remember that run right in the middle of fucking November and December when it all fucking fell apart? If that didn't happen. We'd be in Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, Elia Nussi with a fucking, what a goal. mm -hmm. Uh, Fantastic little touch to set himself up. Um, Half volley, snapshot. I think caught Fabianski off guard. Uh, Uh, Agreed. But it was a fantastic strike. Um, Keeping it down that way and uh, with his, I think, his weaker foot as well. Mm -hmm. It was was very good, uh, that goal in particular. Uh, And then, you know, beyond that for the Saints, yeah. Set pieces, doing what they do. Penalty and a corner. Getting it. Ward Prowse putting the ball in the net, putting the ball in the right spot for for a goal. Like, just it wasn't anything particularly great out of Southampton, but it was the Southampton style of play we've been seeing from them most of the time under Hassenhudel that we haven't seen in about a month. Right. So for them, that was a very, very it's when you look at what the dogfight of relegation will be, that's the kind of win that gets you out of that discussion. Now, yeah, they're they not needed, clear. They needed that bad. A lot of teams, you know, there's three teams at 20 and Everton at 19, and all those teams can be dragged in very quickly if they're not paying attention. You know, yep. but, you know, Leeds and Watford are pretty comfortably behind them. Those, that little bunch. But, yeah. Right. But, you know, it. That a win like that is very, very big for South. When you when you look at a season, you go, "Here's why we finished in fifteenth. Here's why we didn't go down." Beating West Ham on Boxing Day—that's one of those games. Yeah, the weird thing about West Ham in this game in particular is every time they went down, they like it was strange. They'd have a five-minute spell of like how they looked at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they control the ball. They you know try to break them down. They eventually would crack the crack the dam. And then they'd be flat again once they equalized. It was yeah. really strange from yeah. them and not something you normally associate with a moist side. I mean, they equalized no- relatively quickly on both of those goals. They go like, oh, with yeah, the, especially with the second half. They just came right in. Boom. Got them. Yeah, exactly. And and then fell flat again. And Southampton were able to pick up. Boom. We're back in front. And then, you know, the Jared Bowen uh, cross was inch perfect. I mean, he, he fit that ball through the size of a butthole. Mm hmm. It was fantastic that ball um, that he put across. One might say for Ben Rama, yeah, absolutely. And Ben Rama's run was fantastic. Benderick had no uh, Benderick had no idea where he was. Mm-hmm. He just he you know kind of came from his shoulder and, and ran across and was completely wide open. But um, Bo, uh, Bowen had a lot to do to get that cross in. It was it was absolutely fantastic. But the the quality of James Ward Prowse and his delivery ultimately won Southampton this game. 
So funny, um, the the last match we're going to discuss here in the segment, it's couldn't have been a better kind of performance and match and overall game for Spurs. Couldn't have been a worse match or result or situation for Palace. First yellow card on Zaha, we got to talk about. I don't even think he touched Sanchez. I think he just stepped next to him and Sanchez, like, there was like a magic springboard underneath his feet that made him shoot 10 feet in the air and fall on the ground. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it, I don't think there was much in that at all, to yeah. be honest. And even if it was a foul, I don't think it was a yellow card by any stretch. Um, if he caught him at all, <clears throat> which I, I, I think you're right. I don't think I don't he did, think he touched him. but if he did, uh, I don't think there was enough in it for there to be a card issued for it. And he was he was done wrong there. So if only there was this TV that you could look at and see the play. Can't review and, yellow cards. You know, yeah, it's uh, I, how a how stupid it, rule. Yes, or or just you know, well, you can't review a yellow card. How about hey hey mate, you might want to take a look at that. I think the guy dove. Yeah, it's a clear I don't think it was error. a foul. Exactly. I think he dove, and. It just, uh, 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 it's weird, now, man. Now, unfortunate for him, it, Zaha, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and it got the best of him later in the match in the second half. Also helped by some theatrics. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, think yeah. Uh, because Sanchez has shown a few times this season, last season, that he he's a pretty strong lad as well. And I don't think Wilf Zaha would have been able to throw him over that that easily to be honest in in that situation it's the old cliche right you gave the referee a decision to make don't give him a decision to make you can't put yourself in that situation especially for somebody of zaha's experience and zaha um, had gotten busted around on the first yellow card he had gotten busted around a few times by sanchez there mm-hmm. was no calls he then does that it's like you're not you're not helping your cause by bitching at the ref about not getting calls, then fouling perceived hardly, even if it wasn't a foul, even if you didn't touch them, it looked like you did, and it looked like you fouled them hard. You're you're just, you're not putting yourself in a good light when you're giving the referee the de- opportunity to make that decision. Right, exactly. And then, you know, the, the other cliche of if you're getting bumped and it's not getting called, the last thing to do is retaliate against that player immediately. Right. Um. Because the ref, you know, a, a, another old cliche in sports is the refs always see the retaliation and never the initial incident. So, um, you know, the, the, this kind of schoolboy stuff that every sportsman learns, you know, and sportswoman learns early on in their sporting life is you kind of got to just shoulder these things and, and, and move forward and, and kind of have that goldfish mentality. Especially if you're a talented, you're a talented, skillful attacking player you're going to get hacked a lot. That's exactly your, your old school of thinking, Sam, you were a defensive player, man or the ball, never both. Like, yep. and if you have somebody who's going to play pretty in front of you, you're going to, you're just going to punch him in the face one time and go, okay, well, how does that feel? How's it feel yeah. to get knocked on the ground? Oh, by the way, every time you touch the ball and I'm behind you, be prepared. You're about to eat grass. Yeah. And I don't care if I get a yellow card. I don't care. Right. But you have to do it smart. Yeah. You know, you have to do it smart. And Zaha in this game did not do it smart. And that's typically what happens when attacking players try to make challenges, yeah, uh, sadly enough, because they're not taught how to do it properly. And then um, also to make matters worse in that regard, just a little unknown like, kind of throwaway thing. Connor Gallagher gets a yellow card. 
number five. Ooh, now he's suspended for the next game. So your next match, you are now without your two best players. Again, how can a ma- like how can a match go so perfectly well for Spurs where Kane, Mora, and Son all score great goals? The team looks good. You pitch a shutout. Everything's perfect for Palace. And lose three parts. nothing, and our two best players can't play in the next fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's terrible. It's uh, the worst. Speaking of the goals, real quick though, mm-hmm. Kane's goal was excellent. Uh, mm-hmm. What a finish that was! Even though the, uh, Butland did get a hand to it, it was a fantastic finish. Mora's goal was just sheer determination. I mean, there's no reason Yakim Anderson should be doing what he did there. You've got to go up and challenge for that ball. Lucas Moore's got five inches shorter than he is. That was fuck you, I'm scoring. That's yeah, exactly, no, exactly what that was. Like he was almost parallel his whole body to Anderson's head. I was like, how the fuck did he get that high in the air? Yeah, well, because Anderson just stood there, tried to body him instead of going for the ball. I mean, you can't do that. Lucas Moore is, you know, five eight. Yalcom Anderson six two. Like you have to jump. Yeah. If you jump, it's fine. Yeah. If you don't jump, this happens and you get made look a fool of. And then uh what was it San's goal? What, what a deft little touch that was. I mean, I I you know, I'm not one to praise Spurs very often, but that was a, a great little touch. Um, uh, that the was most, that was a touch for the children. Uh the most yeah, thank you. That, the most sounds sounded that better sounded in my head. wrong. Well, don't worry. <laughs> that was the most busted celebration as well. They all get together and then Son like leans into them. They all and then they all turn around and start doing Spider Man webs, right? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Son gets into the group with all of them and goes Look, we do this. Spider-Man gets big ratings back home. I make an extra 20 mil. Let's do it real quick. Shoot spider webs. Shoot spider webs, everybody. <laughs> back home. Got to have a big opening in South Korea. Let's go. Well, you know you know, Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, spud. Is a, is a Spurs supporter. The uh, the Spider-Man from the uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Comic Universe. Yep, the current. So, yep. Yeah, the current one. Um, so there you go. I mean, be that what it, but, you know, somebody else. There's a, a couple popular YouTubers that had challenged um some Premier League stars to do celebrations and they did them as well. So there may be something in that too. Maybe Tom Holland said something to Son uh about, you know, if you get one, you gotta do this. So who knows? All right. So last thought here. Um as you've already mentioned, games in hand, Tottenham's right in it. They're six points, six or six or seven points out of uh the fourth place spot right now. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> here's my question. Is Conte that fucking good? Is that how fucking great he is? Like, because this team had nothing last season and nothing under Nuno, and they haven't changed anything. So I think part of what happened with Nuno is everyone knew that he wasn't top five on Tottenham's list right um even though that was the speculation before the sea before he had even quit Wolves the speculation was that it was going to be Nuno and it was going to be that that's why he was quitting yeah but then it came out that they had two or three different interviews with the you know um uh starts with an F uh Francesca something like that Roma's former manager yeah um and then uh that Jose Mourinho ended up replacing and then uh, the old Juventus coach uh, that um, Massimiliano Allegri or, you know, there's a couple other people that were in talks 
as well as Antonio Conte. So when Nuno actually came in, it was like, what the fuck? We were supposed to get a world-class coach. We got this guy, you know, and Harry Kane's whole debacle with Manchester city. And he very obviously didn't want to be there um, at all. I think finally, he's finally put that behind him a bit um, and is now being a bit more professional being, you know, a bit more bought into what's going on. I don't think he really has a choice with somebody like Antonio Conte, who famously once said he wanted to kill his players. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if I'm Conte, I'm still looking at, Levy in January and going, there's a good enough deal. Fucking sell them. Like, yeah, we, we can move on. We can. Move I hear on. you. Um, but no, he he is a, a very good coach. Um, he's one that also has difficulty, like Thomas Tuchel, managing up, and uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, especially with somebody as frustrating as Daniel Levy can be. Um, but we'll you know we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, he is that good of a coach. I mean, this is this is how Josie Mourinho used to be in his pomp. You know, when he was a good coach, this is how Conte is now. You know, I mean, this is what he did to Chelsea when he replaced Mourinho the first time. Well, you know, and as we know with uh, good Mr. Jose Mourinho, he didn't just fail at the ability to coach Tottenham. He failed at the basic concepts of life. Rounding out the rest of the league here quickly, Mr. Graham, uh, and oh, so that happened. Chelsea 3, Villa 1, Brighton 2, Brentford 0, Newcastle 1, United 1. Um, I think that's che- I think you read that wrong. I think that's Chelsea 3, Chelsea 1. Oh, Chelsea 3, Villa 1. <laughs> no, Chelsea 3, Chelsea 1. Oh, Reese James, yes. what a fucking header. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a perfect – that was a perfect header. Problem, wrong goal. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea beat themselves 3-1. It was brilliant. Uh, um, Big Rom is back, baby. Oh, yeah. I hate that Target's not going to get credit for that goal. <laughs> it was so – the the other thing about it is it wasn't even a dangerous situation. I mean, it came at him very quickly. There was only one player at the back post. Chelsea had three people in the box. So, Reese James getting on the end of that for, no like, no reason. You know, he should have gotten a call from a defender behind him or the goalkeeper, and he just didn't. He decided to head it, and Edward Mendy flying at it with two hands. I thought was very funny as well. You don't normally see keepers do that. For for Chelsea, um, there's been a bit of a slip here over the past couple of weeks with those draws to both Wolves and to uh, to Everton, which of course were disappointed. And honestly, at the rate the other two sides are going, might have knocked them out of the championship talk. Now, yep. not that anything. I mean, anything's of course possible. You know, that's, you know, there's still a lot of season left. Let's see what African Cup of Nations has. Let's see if if City doesn't fuck it off again, because City's fucked it off a couple of few times here. Now, normally the second half of the season, they have their shit together. But good win for Chelsea. This is a team in Villa that is playing really fucking well since they've added uh, Steven Gerrard as the manager. And like for for Villa, like, OK, they've lost three matches since Steven Gerrard has taken over. City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Yep. That's their three fucking losses. If I if if I had a manager and his and he had three losses on his books and those were the three, I'd be like, fucking love him. That's yeah. my guy. We're good. I have a question. Uh-huh. So he had COVID, him and McGinn, uh, you know, looking doorknobs. What is the protocol? Is he like in his living room on his cell phone <laughs> calling plays? What's how does this work? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, his, his, if he's he, able to, yeah, his, he can be in assistant. communication. He could be in communication with the assistant as long his as he's not will have banned. Ear, bud. Right. If if he's got a red card or a suspension for whatever reason, he cannot communicate with the bench. Right. Uh, during the game, but if he is just sick and just unable to be there or family or whatever, mm-hmm. yes, he can still communicate with the bench. He's good to go. How much lag time is there, or do they have like a closed circuit TV situation for him? <laughs> yeah, so that situation, I was just about to say that actually. The 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 Palace performance and this Villa performance are probably the two worst since both of those managers have taken over. Mm-hmm. And it's the one match that neither of them were there for. Because right. Patrick Vieira also had COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's very odd to me when when you look over and see the touchline. You know, maybe it's right. just the communication of those assistant managers or whatever. But when those players look over to the touchline for direction and the guy that's been screaming at him for the last six weeks in there, they all kind of fuck it off a bit. Uh, and, and even there, Villa, I mean, watching that match, Villa wasn't that terrible. No. Like, it was a close match. All I mean, obviously, they get the one goal at the uh, at the end there, Chelsea, to put it away. But Villa had chances. Villa, Villa oh, had yeah. fucking chances. I just... You think of, yeah. you know, like giving away two penalties in a game. I mean, the lack of discipline that that takes Fucking to muster. Mings, Mings again. What's his fifth mm-hmm. yellow card? Yep. So he's out yep. for the next match. Mings again. And then you had Matty Cash with it. And he knew it as soon as he went to ground that yep. that was a penalty. He turned around, didn't even protest, just put his hands on his head. Yeah. Like, nope, no, nope, Yep. Got me. <laughs> I fucked that one off. <laughs> so it's just, you know, a, a little bit of a lack of discipline. Um, you know, and, and you saw that from from Yuri Tielemans as well in the Leicester game. He gave up two penalties himself, and I don't even think got a card for it. <laughs> right? No, he didn't see a card for it at all. Gave up two pens. So it's just Boxing Day throws up some weird shit, and this was just one of those weekends. You know, yep. it was it was a lot of fun. Lukaku doing well to get back on the score. She was a great header from him. Well, um, and just also well, and then getting the penalty like you when he got the ball. It was very cute that Target tried to stop him. It looked like oh my I'm God. not sure. I'm not sure if you remember um, the original Super Tecmo Bowl on Nintendo, Sam. If you yes. played with the Kansas City Chiefs and you had the Nigerian Nightmare Christian Okoye run, just give him the pat the ball where he runs right through the middle of the line, not just anything fancy positive. around this. Runs right through the middle and little bodies just go ding 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 and bounce off of him as <laughs> he runs right through the middle. That it's. Target tries to grab hold of him. He even tries to put an arm on him and pull like his. I'm just going to take the yellow. Fuck it. And Rob just, fuck you. <laughs> like, just shrugs him right off and keeps going. You're just like, yep, yep, that's that's big rum. Yeah, I mean, when he went down for the belly slide after falling, trying to foul Romelu Lukaku twice, <laughs> he just slid even on his hands up like this, just looking like, fuck. Just like, there fuck. he goes. There he fucking goes. <laughs> there ain't no fucking way. Jesus, I should have tried to go for the legs. I should have just tried to like do a professional NFL tackle on him and get around yeah. his waist. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but then Kanza uh, did what he did, and mm. he turned around basically scolding Matty Cash for not being able to do what he had done. Right. <laughs> and that was bring him down outside of the box. Right. Well, <laughs> if he did, second yellow, he's done. <laughs> so it was it was, it was was pretty wild. Um, Emmy Martinez getting a yellow for shit-talking again from Jorginho, <laughs> trying to ice him before the first penalty. Yep. That's pretty good. And then Jorginho did him again. 
uh, for the second penalty. Well, what was funny on the first one, like he does the shit talking and then Jorginho, Jorginho's you. Like you, you get caught with the stutter. You went, you went off the stutter, and he way too early. Yep. The second one, you actually held up, and you went to the right side, and you did it well. The problem was, is he just was pinpoint accuracy into the corner. The the first penalty, I don't think Jorginho knew where he was going to hit it until Emmy moved, and it wasn't a very well struck penalty, but he put it far enough away from Emmy diving the wrong way, right? That it was good. The second penalty, I think he focused more on the shot. There was less of a jump than the first time. Yeah. And he focused more on the strike of the ball because he knew Emmy Martinez. He had already faced him in that match. He knew, I think, you know, you always have a secondary spot. You always have a secondary idea. Well, enough of enough of the chitter chatter. Mel, you have something to drink there, Miss Thing. You have your shot glass. Go ahead. Um you know, I just, I have thoughts on Target, and I'll just let Lindsay say it for me. Bless your little cotton socks. <laughs> don't don't send a boy in to do a man's job. Oh, yeah. That's goodness. all there is in that oh, situation. Bless his little cotton socks that was, uh, up the villa. That was, a, that was a young man meeting a real man right there. Oh, yeah. That's what that was. I mean, this is like when you remember in uh, uh, Kong versus Godzilla when they sent the first two monsters to fight Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla just like toyed around with them for a second, and then eventually just smacked them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this situation, Romelu Lukaku's Godzilla, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just absolutely pummeled Target. Just get off me twice. Do the fuck off. It's brilliant. Brighton win. Are you ready for this, Sam? For the First time in the league since September. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. It was it was wild. Um the the first goal was an absolute thing of beauty. Well, it's it that's an instinct play, right? Because if you think that one through, you're gonna probably trap it and try to go around the keeper. But that's just instinct takes over and you just stick out the foot and fucking Fuck it, I'm yeah. going for it. He's that far. He's 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 a no man's land. It's the backup who clearly shows it there. You know, if he's smarter, he's probably back on his six. And Trissard thinks about putting the ball on the ground and trying to then set himself up for a better shot. But he just reactionarily puts a fucking foot on it. Boom, back of the fucking net. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna also call this the soccer version of Willie May's famous catch. Oh yeah, um, that's a good call. I mean, it was a, a great kind of just over his shoulder ball into the channel, and the Sard followed it the whole way, mm-hmm. and just popped that over the uh, the goalkeeper's head there. But that actually made Brentford pay for their their early misfortune. I mean, they had a, a goal mouth scramble where I think they had a third of their shots on target in about twelve seconds mm-hmm. um, for the entire game, which I think kind of padded their stats a little bit. Brighton survive it and then pull this out just a few minutes later. Um, you could see Brentford kind of deflate for a little bit. Uh, but they got themselves back into it. They did have some more chances. Uh, Sanchez made a fantastic save. Yeah. Uh, at one point with his, he was diving the wrong way. Ball got deflected. He just flung out his left leg and ended up hitting it with his knee. Yeah, that was in the um, second half after after it was already two 0 But yeah, I remember yeah, but a, a fantastic save there. But that could have got Brentford back into it. You know that things could have played out differently after that. For um, I, I will say, Sammy, for the amount of shit that we give less pay in this moment, credit him. That's a great shot. Scores a banger at home, at home, where mm-hmm. you should probably lose your fucking mind and enough common sense to know 
he played for Brentford and the Brentford supporters were right there in the corner and just went, nope, mm-mm, just, I mean, it was, if ever you wanted to throw your fucking fist in the air and fucking do a dance, like, there's, there it is right there. I mean, it was a fucking banger of a goal. Oh, yeah. And he immediately just went, no, and his whole team surrounded him and gave him a big hug and celebrated with him. So he just not even seen by the Brentford fans. I was like, you know, for as classless of acts as you, as you have done before, aka the fucking running into uh, uh, Leno, Leno and, yeah, yeah. And, and then and then pretending like everybody else is the villain when you knew what you fucking did. Like, yep. for all the shady shit he does, like in that one moment, you know, yeah, give him credit. Give him credit. Not getting choked by Gwen Doozy good enough. Yeah. Yeah, give, I, I, I give him I give him credit on that one. I'll let him. I, you know, it's like he definitely deserves a pat on the back for that one. Yeah, so he was one of those you know Brentford moneyball situations where right. he was top scorer in the championship. Brentford sold him. Um, and then, but yeah, what a fantastic strike! I loved the fact that they had the behind him angle from from midfield when he took that strike uh, because you saw just how much it moved towards the top corner. Um, there was absolutely no chance for the Brentford goalkeeper. There was no. fucking, it was a hit and a half. No goalkeeper in the world saving that. Um, before we get into the last game, Sam, it's been a little while. It's been a while. We need to, we just need to be reminded of the following. Get my way downtown, walking fast. I'm a seagull. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I was just, waiting for that. <laughs> just, I mean, I told her, I was like, Brentford, I mean, Brighton won. We got to fucking break out the sound cue again. Uh, Haven't absolutely. had a chance to play that in a while. Um, Newcastle was far and away the better side in this match. Newcastle and Manchester United. So, this Hands was a down, wild, way better. This was a wild game, right? So Newcastle had just 30% possession, but doubled Manchester United up on shots, 8-4 to four on mm-hmm. target. It was, it was brilliant. Amarone. Uh, had a chance at the end to win it there. Uh, uh, De Gea pulled out a, a, a Ramsdale-esque oh, save. No, uh, that's not a, a Ramsdale-esque save. That's exactly what we see from De- – De- the one thing we've always said about De Gea. He's a good shot stopper. On the line, there might not be a better guy in, in the world than him on the fucking line. He's insane on the line. And did he fucking proves it to you again. Like, that's going in the back of the net. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> like, just – Yeah. But it was it – was, it was – you know, just very sloppy for Manchester United again. They gave the ball away in bad areas. They didn't take hardly any chances. It took Edison Cavani the the uh, the equalizer. It took him two stabs at that, and he, even that was fortunate as it kind of nutmegged Lascelles, who saw it nutmegging him and tried to close his leg. Like it, Debravka spilled one. Um, you know that that Manchester United weren't able to to capitalize on. They were very, very ugly in this game. Here's the thing. Why is the 37-year-old Uruguayan the only one who seems to fucking care? Right. Um, Ronaldo was getting hell from the Newcastle supporters. It was fantastic. He (laughs) missed a kick once. He was trying to fire it back across the box. He missed it. It bounced up, hit his shoulder, went out for a goal kick, and they they were just giving him hell. It was fantastic. I'm I'm surprised (laughs) they weren't starting to chant, we're buying you soon, we're buying you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the the Alan St. Maximon goal is is the goal of the weekend for me. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, cut in on the inside again, got given the ball in space, um, was confronted by a Manchester United player, uh, kind of dinked the ball between two, between two of them, and then stretching, uh, lost, his, lost his footing, 
still got a shot away and it loops up into the top corner, like just perfectly. It was absolutely brilliant. This goal, you know, it's a, a, a fantastic shot with a sprinkle of luck. And it was, it was just magic. It was, this is why we love this game is that kind of thing. Conversely, the reason this game gives us high blood pressure, uh, another reason besides alcohol is, um, is you then lose Alan St. Maximon and Callum Wilson injury. Yeah. 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 Well done. You got a point against Manchester United. Now what? (laughs) Which which, looking at that whole match, I'm just like, fucking, we got to play them next. They are going to kill us. And then those two injuries, I'm like, "Ah!" (laughs) I'm feeling good about it now. (laughs) I don't feel so bad about it anymore. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, Every time it Mike Ashley, the ghost of Mike Ashley is still there. Like, you know, the ghost of, of Christmas past it's, it just sucks for them because it's for every step forward they take, it seems like they take two back. Um, and it's going to take some time to work out that kind of, you know, aura. I don't know what other word to use that kind of just luck of the club. It's going to take a little bit of time to, to work that out. Um, and get that out, get that out of their systems, but they, uh, you know, they look like they have a bit more of a plan. They look more organized. They look like they're all involved. They look like they all care. And now they've got well until later in the match when the two went down injured, they had pretty much their full complement of players again, and we saw what they could do. Right, we saw a you know more than one threat because for the last three years it's been. Alan say Maximin, you shut him down, you shut down Newcastle. Yeah. Ryan Frazier was lively in this game. Looks like he's got a new lease on life. Um, you know, obviously his best uh, year spent under Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. Sam, dare I say, man of the match, Joe Kama Litton. He, he had a little nutmeg his, that was nice. He played his ass off. Like he, he has he been the really last two or three. Well. He's, yeah, he's been working really, really hard, got himself a goal or two, got an assist. Um, and to, and and in this game had a, a bit of a nutmeg that was pretty sexy. So hashtag he, Linton comma Joel. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you don't get points for a nutmeg, but it just you know they all seem to be working towards the same goal now. They look like they're it, you know training is more intense. They they look better. Commentators um, even said um, that with with um, Jolinton that he's seemingly under Eddie how playing the position he used to play meant to play it that he played at half and I think it was half and I, yeah. Before coming here, like he's he's playing the right position and because he's playing the right position, he's performing well. Um, Well, imagine that, right. Put yourself, uh, this is what happened, you know, under uh, Unai Emery, you know, with Lucas Torreira playing him as a number 10. There's a lot of stuff just didn't make sense. You know, he's by far and away a very good holding midfielder and you don't do that. So big surprise. If you play somebody out of their position, they may not possess, possess the same skill set to get it done. And uh, leave, leave it with this thought. What the fuck, man, you? What the <laughs> fuck? Sure money. Okay. So this is the, the uh, segment in which we make bets to help you uh, with your bets to make money guaranteed. This is sure money where we come up with the business. Now I lost, mm-hmm. um, but I lost in a good way. I had correct score. Arsenal won three. nil. they won five. nil. I'll take that. Fine. I'll burn that 15 bucks every time. I would like it mentioned that um, I did get a message from uh, uh, Brody when it was three, nothing. 
um, while I'm, by the way, uh, daddy was at the book. Um, <laughs> when, when I got that message, it was like, how long, how long till uh, Arsenal fucks this off for him? And within 30 seconds, penalty. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it would just look at I go, and both of it at the same time, just messaging each other, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant stuff. So it, it is what it is. That's fine. I, I'll, like I said, I'll burn that hundred bucks anytime. I'm uh, now down a hundred and seven. Um, so uh, my cup of losers when I get back in studio with you is lost it, but in a good way. Lost it in a good way. Very good. Yeah. So what do you have for us, uh, kind sir? All right. I hit at the sports book, but that doesn't count here. So I'm now down $1,345. <laughs> Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Graham, I know you like even numbers. 10% of the time it works. 100% of the time. For the couple losers, forgot the seagulls. So I fucked myself. do 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 <laughs> Let's go ahead and put that George Spirek cup out of the way And make a big noise Yep. But you know what Seeing that I was at the book Were you at the book? I was at the book I didn't even notice Hey Mel, daddy was at the book I am going to prop the fuck out of this bet, Sammy I am feeling inspired Ready? Liverpool to beat Leicester Over two and a half goals total Jota to score over combined nine corners and Liverpool to have the lead at halftime. So five spots on this bet. If I hit, plus 528. There you go. That is all very fucking possible. It is definitely all very possible. Although I think Klopp, never mind. I'm not going to jinx you. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. Klopp benches Jota and plays Firmino instead for squad rotation. Yeah, just to keep Jota fresh for the load he's going to have to carry with Mane and Salah being out the yeah. following yeah, week. Like, but if he doesn't play, it's a push, and I get and it's nothing. Well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. Very good. All right. Well, what, what's going on with uh, Pat? I know we're recording late tonight. Yep. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend Pat's pick of the week. So I've got his email here, and he says, well, even though one game was postponed in my parlay, Southampton upset West Ham, so I'll take the loss, and I'm now down $490. Look at that, a man with honor unlike you last week. So for the weekday games, I'm going back to picking like the chicken. I'm just picking one match, so I like Everton over Newcastle at minus 135, so I'll risk 135 to win 100 and hope I can claw my way back to even. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Uh, before that match was over, I would have said bad bet. But once St. Maximon went out, good bet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that actually has part of my thing going on here, too. So in my bet this week, uh, I've got Tottenham to beat Southampton, United to beat Burnley, and Everton and Newcastle to draw. Because okay. both of you are riddled with injuries. Yeah. Who's well? Well, uh, there's only one difference. Uh, who's going to score goals for you know Newcastle? Who knows? Because both of their big goal scorers are out. But for Everton, somebody's goal scorers back. DCL. Uh huh. It hasn't played in two months, so just need, need one little cross into the box. One little cross. I think he'll need a game to get his legs back under him in this there one. You, uh, 
but you've got a uh, plus nine twenty nine on a hundred dollar bet. So there you go. Yeah, I like I, I I like this one a lot. So we'll see what happens here. Excellent. Well, you know what, Graham? I I don't want to be too confrontational because I know it might be a bit too much on your heart. So I'm just gonna say, good Such job, my good job, my friend, good job. But we have a chicken. <laughs> Well, Kitty's match didn't go off, and she still sits at 9 and 7, so for the festive midweek fixtures, I gave Kitty Notch heading to Selhurst Park to face Brajan's Crystal Palace. Mm. Now, Kitty informed me that her and, oh no, Rebecca Lau <laughs> were going to be enjoying afternoon tea with the Palace Talisman, Talesman, Wilfred Zaha. Talisman. You got it right the first time. Talisman? Really? Yeah. Hmm. I hate it when I get it right the first time. (laughs) Since he's now free on Tuesday. Now, despite Wilf missing the match, Kitty is very confident that Palace will be victorious. Hey, if you didn't get it right the first time, you wouldn't have ended up marrying me. So I do have one more important thing to to tell everybody. And uh, that is one... I'm adorable in my chicken onesie that I got for Christmas. And two, please remember to gamble legally and responsibly. Championship corner! I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, no. Please, Sam, tell me about all the tons of exhilarating action that went on in the championship this weekend. I want to know about... Every fucking match, Sam. Only four games took place in the championship uh, <laughs> between Boxing Day and Monday, uh, with Huddersfield beating Blackpool three to two and Middlesbrough beating Forest two to nil on Boxing Day. Now Derby beat West Brom on Monday in a huge upset. That's a huge and Bour- one. And Bournemouth took out QPR uh, to overtake Fulham in the standings, but Fulham do have a game in hand. So it's Bournemouth on top right now with 46 points. Sam, Fulham, real quick, before you get to – as you read that off, who's in third place is very interesting. Yes. Fulham in second now with 45. As I said, they have a game in hand, though. Uh, and then you have Blackburn in third. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Blackburn is on 23 games as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And West Brom dropped down to fourth which leaves Middlesbrough and Huddersfield to round out the playoff places with QPR and Stoke just a point back, but both of them have two games in hand over those directly above them. Yep. Nottingham Forest and Coventry City both uh, have two points back with the latter Coventry uh, having two games in hand and Sheffield United is only four points back with two games in hand um, from those playoff places. So it's going to get very, very fucking interesting in those playoff places very quickly. Uh, in in the championship, I'm uh, a little bit of me is kind of rooting for Blackburn. We haven't seen them; uh, they've been out of the league for quite a while, out of the Premiership, and um, much like Leicester, they're the only one of the big six to not to uh, win a Premier League title. Now, granted, yep. this was in the '90s, and essentially it was a bought title, and they are where they are right now because, because they overextended themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but, but. They got a title. They have the same amount of titles as fucking Liverpool does in the Premier League. And, yep. and 
You know, if if it got down to them being in one of the playoff spots, I might find myself rooting for them. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing them them or like a knots like, you know, just one of those kind of mm-hmm. classic teams back up again would be would be a lot of fun. Certainly yeah, and, not fucking Stoke. I want to see Stoke fall off so bad. Nottingham Forest, uh, remember, very famously, has more European Cups than they do league titles. Yep. Yep, absolutely. It's so, also very cool. Uh, but I do want to give a quick mention, though, to Darby. And it, it's such a shame um, that all of the financial issues has docked them points uh, so many times because they actually have six wins, ten draws, and seven losses. So that would be what 28 points and they would be sitting firmly mid table actually with a better goal difference than uh Preston North end. They'd be sitting in 15th Darby County would be. Yep. Had it not been for the uh, being dock points for all their financial woes. Um, so, uh, you know, their, their board and their leadership, their owner is, is just absolutely hundred percent to blame. And Wayne Rooney is doing the best that he can, obviously, um, you have, and that's positions. without being able to buy players as well. So he's they just had, making the do with what he has. The season started, they had eight players registered on their books. <laughs> they weren't going to be able to field a team the first day of the season. They had to sign a bunch of trialists and and people they didn't necessarily want to cheap contracts to be able to play their first game this season. It's absolutely ridiculous. But he now has seven points from twenty three games. A safety is 14 points away. It's a massive hill to climb. But remember, there's 45 games or 48 games, I'm sorry, in the championship. Mm -hmm. So he's got a further 25 games to go to make up 14 points and or to make up seven points. No, 14 points. I'm sorry. And um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. What Newcastle is trying to uh, make happen in the Premier League, Derby County is trying to make happen in the championship right now. Mm -hmm. And if either one of them are able to pull it off, it's a manager of the year like performance to be able to absolutely hundred percent. Even if he doesn't pull it off, if he gets them close, if he gets them in with a shout, that could be manager of the year material anyway. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? Not really. Hope everybody had a great Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you before the new year, obviously. So I'll save those blessings for then. But Sam, um, I got parting words for you. All right. So I put on the blue wristband. Happy 50th birthday, big fucking dunk. Happy birthday, big man. That's a man that needs some blood pressure medication also. (laughs) No, he just he just chokes a motherfucker and gets it all out of his system. You 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 let it build up with alcohol. Well, that's the problem is I haven't been able to hit anybody for two years. I'm going to play soccer. Killing me. My once a week fight was very therapeutic. Yeah, excellent. All righty. Thank you so much for joining us, boys and girls. Next up is injury time where we're going to uh, talk about the beers we've been drinking. We're going to preview the weekend's action. We're checking in on a couple of our adopted clubs. If someone wants to find that, Sam, how would they go about doing it? Very easy. Patreon.com backslash D football show and sign up to one simple, easy tier, five bucks a month. And you get both of our extra shows sound check, which is our actual sound check. Um, we just kind of talk about what we did on the weekend, get our levels right. And, uh, Talk about you know, our tie, health issues. Tie tie up some loose ends. Talk bidets. about health issues. Bidets. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. All kinds. Um, all kinds of important shit. Then injury time. Uh, we talk about our side hose uh, in Rail Betis, uh, Hibernian, and um, Aki. 
And Aki Stanley, duh. We just talked to Ben the other day, idiot. Uh, and Aki Stanley, sorry, I'm just, uh, need a beer. The uh, and then <laughs> and then, yes, and then we preview the weekend that's coming up. So it's it's a pretty fun show. Um, sometimes kind of transcends into DU after dark, which is always a good time. Uh, people seem to like that a lot, uh, and we get a lot of dank memes out of it. And our closed group, Drunkard United FC, on Facebook, which y'all need to find as soon as you can to keep up with the best stuff. Sam, I forgive you. It's all that blood rushing to your head. You didn't know what to think. The pulse rate was up. It's all right. Uh, Until next week, boys and girls. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right Fucking Gooner Graham, smell the Lord, look straight in shorts, Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Come to your